Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to No Bunts, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Tass Mellis in studio with me, making the magic happen as always, Super Producer JD. Hello. What's up, JD? And my co-host all season long, who's refreshed just because he just got 13 or 14 hours of sleep <laughs> last night. From Taiwan, my man Joel McMillan. What's up, Joel? Tass, I wish I got 13 for it. 14 hours of sleep. Maybe if you total up the last three nights, I'm close to that. Yeah, we, we've we talked about your sleeping issues, but you're dealing with them very well. I'm happy. Getting better. For, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, that is in reference to Yusei Kikuchi, the Blue Jays pitcher who pitched last night against the Yankees on Tuesday. I know you were watching it, Joel. He got yanked from the game. Everybody thought it was because of a shoulder problem but it was because he had cramps and he had cramps because he didn't sleep long enough. He usually sleeps 13 or 14 hours, but he only got 11. What? I know that's uh rough. Somebody get this man a lasagna there, Garfield. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I mean, I don't know. I, I read the quote. I read the quote uh, online and I don't know if he was joking or if that was actually serious, Apparently but not. Uh, yeah, he goes to bed at 11 PM and wakes up at one. That's an interesting sleep schedule for an athlete. Uh, he should have talked to uh, former Blue Jay Kawasaki, who yeah. always eats bananas to prevent cramps. You remember that incredible clip? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, look. he's got a couple. He's got a couple. Oh, yeah. He's glorious. But, uh, yeah, our Caitlin McGrath at TheAthletic.com. Sign up for only a dollar a month right now. This is journalism, baby. This This isn't just a joke. 13 or 14 hours. He usually goes to bed at 11 p.m. and wakes up at 1 the next day. That's unbelievable. <laughs> is he a teenager? How old is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's a vet. Early wow. 30s, yeah. Damn. And, and, and speaking of uh, people getting cramps in MLB, I also read in the AJC a couple months ago, Charlie Morton, Braves pitcher, used to get cramps uh, during his on his start days, but then he started adding more salt to his diet mm. the day before he just started dumping salt you need salt yeah started dumping salt like doubling his salt the day before he started no more cramps wow just like that apparently potassium and salt that's you, the key you wouldn't think no you wouldn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um teaching you lots here on no buns we're so close to the postseason joel I think that's why we're both wearing our matching blues here. If you're with us on the Athletic Baseball Show feed on YouTube, we're on the same team. We're going to go through the postseason together here on No Bunts Excited. Uh, actually, our first playoff show will be a, a different day on the Monday after the Division Series weekend gets going. Uh, you know, this, this is just an exciting time of year. There's lots to talk about today. 
you're going to compare the Houston Astros to the New England Patriots. Uh, we are going to give you the postseason value bets that you should be betting on. We're giving you some feel-good stories from the 2023 season that we're going to kind of look back on uh, because it's been such an incredible season. So to do that, let's start with a little fair or foul. I say we're going to talk about the Astros. I know we're going to talk about the Orioles. We're going to talk about the Dodgers, but I just can't help it, Joel. We're starting with the Braves. because got to. You've got to. I'm going to the game right after this show. We're recording at 8.15 here uh, on the East Coast. There's a game at 12.20, so I'm going to the game. It takes about six hours to get to the stadium. Anyways, I'm, I'm going there uh, to watch the best team in baseball. Here's our first topic, fair or foul. The Braves have the best roster going into the postseason. This seems like a gimme. This seems like a jack, Joel. This has got to be fair. Tass, I'm going to go foul. What? Um, I'm going to – I know. Sorry to disappoint, Tass. Sorry to disappoint. Um, I'm going to go foul just because I approached this question uh, a, a bit differently. My thought was, like, on paper, they certainly have the best team. Uh, if you look at team offensive war, they're 35.7 wins. That's uh, easily number one. I'm going to pick the Astros, though, Tass, the best roster. I just think they're more – battle tested like on paper they're not as good as atlanta but they've just they've been there before and if i had to kind of pick a horse i would pick the astros i like their lineup they're battle tested they've got a lot of veterans they've got guys that have done it they've had more sustained and deeper postseason runs than the braves had in task when you look at the the timelines of their success they kind of almost line up so as good as atlanta is this year I might get a bit of hate for this, but I still want to take the Astros lineup over Atlanta's in the postseason. Wow. My eyes are large right now. Battle tested. Okay. The Braves are making the playoffs here for the sixth straight time. This is a a team that's been there, done that. They have the best offense in history, in the history of baseball. So this lineup is, it's too much. It's too much. How do you want to look at, air quotes, the best offense in history you want to look at metrics no me neither but let's do it real quick the wrc plus of this team the weighted runs created plus of this team factors in eras ballparks they're better than the 27 yankees which is the barometer for all offenses because they're deeper than the 27 yankees there are zero holes in this lineup joel none they could finish the season with nine guys with 20 home runs or more. Their starting lineup could be 20 homers or more, every single one of them. That's never been done before. They may not get there, but they've got five guys that are 30-plus in the home run department. They've got four with 35 or more, which has never been done before, a first in MLB history. They're going to hit 300 home runs. They're so far ahead in home runs of the second-place team that you take away Matt Olson's 52. They're still in first. They're slugging 500. No team has ever done that. So, yeah, they hit home runs, but they they hit their extra base hits as well. They are just stacked. Check the starting lineup. Two with 1,000 OPS, Acuna and, and Matt Olson. They've got five guys between 800 and 900, so that's seven of them. And then another one at 782 OPS and 748. Stacked, one through nine, and they have the pitchers to go with it. They're, they're stacked, but Tass, it's interesting you bring up the pitching because if there's one 
knock on the Braves the second half, their starting pitching hasn't been fantastic. Um, but, you know, like who knows if that's going to affect them come October. I just think the pressures on Atlanta task, like Houston's had their success. Now, this is separate from like how good the roster is. But, you know, the pressure is going to be on Atlanta this year. They're going to be the number one seed again. They went out early last year. You know, they're going to be expected to correct that mistake. So it'll be interesting to see, like, if they can, you know, kind of rise up to the occasion and get it done. But I'm going to go with Houston. It's just, But it's more of a gut feeling just because they've been doing this for so long with that sustained core. That's just my feelings on it. Yeah, you're a Stroh's man through and through. Beginning of the season when they were struggling, you said that they would come through and they're in amidst this incredible series against the Orioles through two games, which have been very, very fun. Uh, and the Orioles mm-hmm. are uh, handling them. Uh, we'll get to the they Orioles. Are. But the Astros are only 84-68. and 68. They're not even guaranteed to make the postseason uh, with the way uh, things are shaping up in the AL West. They are leading it right now just by a half game over two teams, though. So it's, it's a drama-filled AL West. Uh, I think the only thing that can stop the Braves is days off. They play their last game October 1st, and then what got them last year were were those days off before the DS, before the division series and the Phillies came in there and and they took game one. I was standing in the center field uh, puzzled and and angry along with all the other uh, Braves faithful. I mean, you you know, I'm not a... Braves faithful, but I am a Braves faithful when it comes to the postseason. All everyone was angry because of the time slot that they got. They thought mm. world champs playing this early. Yeah, you got to literally have to leave at like nine a.m. to go get there uh, uh, to the stadium for for a day game. But uh, yeah, the they were stale because of the layoff. That's the only thing I think that will 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 stop them because the pitching that you mentioned. I'll let you jump in in a sec. I see you ready to pounce on them again. But the pitching that you mentioned that they've been struggling after the All-Star break, right out of the gate of the All-Star break, yeah, they were a little slow, but they've picked it up. Freed has been fantastic. Charlie Morton eating his salt every day has been fantastic. He's fine. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, Bryce Elder is pitching in. And um, I know Kyle Wright got pounded the other day, but that's that's totally fine. Um, Not needed. Uh, he's he's going to be the the fifth guy on that roster. What do you want to say about these Braves? How how do you want to shoot them down here? Well, like I don't want to shoot them down. <laughs> it's just you you rang off all of their offensive stats, talking about yep. home runs and OPS. And listen, like they're stacked. Like regular season, there's there's no argument to be made. They're absolutely the best team. But tasks like you know the power game and and hitting home runs, that's not really a good formula for success. Come October, it's more of like a a relief game. You got to scratch out runs more. So, you know, the power game gets a bit muted. So, like, if that's the case, how good is Atlanta? Like, how good can they be? Like, is that going to be a problem for them? Can they score the runs when they need to and not use the long ball to get there? So, I don't know. Like, I think that's a bit of a dicey offensive strategy. But, you know, who knows? I mean, they're just like you said, they're so deep one through nine. Max Freed was sick last year. Spencer Strider was hurt last year. I'm looking forward to seeing that, uh, a healthy mustache uh, in the postseason. Those two guys going probably against the Phillies in the division series as, as things are shaping up. But let, let's go to uh, the Ronald Acuna watch. Uh, quick Ronald Acuna watch because it's getting it's getting close here. And I'm not worried about uh, the Braves and their 
their power game or lack of if if their power goes away because they are the best first inning team in the history of baseball. Ronald Acuna, the best leadoff hitter in the history of baseball statistically, he keeps doing it. He just gets on base. Uh, they just follow his lead. So Acuna, watch the dude hit two yesterday. He's at thirty nine and 67 39 homers and 67 steals one home run three steals away from a 40 70 season uh he picked it up yesterday even though he he missed a couple games on the weekend because of a tight calf they didn't want to play on the the turf at lone depot park in florida so they kept him out but he's back here at home i may go watch him hit a 40 ding dong here uh 11 games remaining to get to 40 and 70 the national league mvp Awesome stuff. So I just want to throw that out there. All right, let's get to the Strohs. The next fair or foul topic. If the Astros win the World Series, they are baseball's equivalent to the New England Patriots. I'm going to go fair with this one. Um, There's a lot of parallels between the two teams just right off the top. I mean, both teams have been consistently good and have won multiple championships over the last decade. Obviously not the Patriots, but during their run of dominance within a 10-year span. Um, Both franchises toiled in obscurity for quite a long time, and then they had a very quick rise to prominence. Both obviously have cheating scandals surrounding them. I think the Patriots had it was called Deflategate. Sorry, I'm not a a big NFL fan. (laughs) You got it right. Okay, is that what it was, Deflategate? Okay, thanks. Absolutely. And then the Astros had their, you know, obviously they're banging on the trash can thing. Both teams seem very hated, although maybe the Pats less so with Brady gone. But, man, when the Astros go on the road, like, they still get booed out of the building, especially when they play AL West teams. Um, And, yeah, I feel like both were kind of seen as the measuring stick for the better part of a decade. Like, oh, if you beat the Astros or if you can beat the Patriots, you're obviously a legit contender. You're going to have to go through them at some point to win the championship. So, I think, yeah, if they win a championship this year, it'll be three championships. I think the Pats won five or six in their dynasty. I'm not exactly six. Six. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, obviously, the number of championships aren't quite the same. But beyond that, like, I feel there's a lot of comparisons you can draw between the two teams. Mm, mm. Yeah, the through line of the Pats, they always had Brady. They always had Belichick. It's a little mm. different with the Astros and that, you know, Dusty Baker only came in for the last one. So there was, you know, there's a split there. They've only won two, but if they do win, they would be 3 and 3 in World Series. Brady and Belichick, yeah, they uh it's just ridiculous how they all they both won 6 together. So, you know, there there's a through line why why they're not is that they had a little bit more of uh the same dudes doing it while the Astros obviously have not. But I I hear what you're saying. <clears throat> Like the Pats, the Astros have guys that just come and fill in. That's what the Pats were. Uh, it, you know, if, if somebody was injured, they would just find guys to come in, not skip a beat, like Altuve out this year, Maurizio Dubon, no problem. Yiner mm-hmm. Diaz behind the dish. He'd probably be rookie of the year if he got more at-bats. He's, his numbers are amazing, actually. Uh, I was surprised mm-hmm. by that. And then on the Hill, same sort of thing. Luis Garcia done. Jose Arquiti missed a couple months. A guy... Uh, that we marveled at with his glasses and his mustache coming up. J.P. France, 28-year-old rook. We thought, okay, he's going to fill in. He's still going for them. 22 starts, 3.84 ERA, 
Hunter Brown, another rook, also phenomenal, making 28 starts, although the Orioles got to him yesterday. That's Pats-like. Um, so I, I totally mm-hmm. hear uh, what you're saying. Again, I got to repeat, though, so we don't look like dummies. There's a p- possibility that the Astros don't make the postseason. Now, it's the it's the Orioles' effect here. The last two games have pulled the Astros down a little bit, but that's because they're playing the best team in the American League in the Baltimore Orioles that I know you also love that we'll get to. We got to give them their due. So I think that's that's the reason Houston has sort of come back to the pack. But uh, I do expect them to make the postseason, and um, hopefully we'll be making some uh, more football analogies uh, here on No Buns because that's the only time I really talk about football is with you. And, I guess, and it sounds like the only time you talk about football is with me also because you didn't know what deflate gate was. No disrespect. I, yeah, I mean, I'd heard of it. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I haven't followed the NFL for a while. College football, yeah, but uh, NFL, it's been a minute. Let me give you a quick story about the Astros ballpark, just as an aside, because I found this very interesting, sort of the nuances uh, in ballparks. They made a midseason change uh, to their park, actually, just th- these past few days. It, that doesn't usually happen. Astros hitters were complaining about the batter's eye at Minute Maid Park, so the backdrop where a hitter is looking when they're facing a pitcher. Um, one particular part was what they were complaining about, that there was a, a, a red bar it was a Budweiser bar that was affecting them with when left-handed pitchers were pitching now obviously both teams play under the same circumstance um right but Chandler Rome at the athletic uh, a really good write-up of this and it had it didn't bother them the last couple of years 21 and 22 same bar out there and they hit pretty well uh but I, I found it interesting lefty pitchers uh, the Astros players not on record uh, but we're complaining about it a little bit, and they go and they they made it green uh, the last few days uh, to change it up. So it's interesting, uh, and the Astros are hitting much better on the road, and they're a bad team at home. They're about a 500 team at home. That's their worst home record since 2016, the last time they didn't make the playoffs. So I just thought that was a little interesting tidbit. Baseball's yeah, interesting in that, that way. Yeah, so they, they greened it up. Um, mainly left-handed pitchers bothering uh, the Astros hitters. So I found that interesting. Okay, third topic. Fair or foul, Joel? The best value bet on a playoff team is the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 1,000. I'm going to say fair, but Taz, I'm not going to say this with a lot of strong conviction. Mm. I'm not really a, a big gambler, but... I, I think it's a good value bet just simply because this will be the fifth time, like the Rays have clinched. This will be their fifth consecutive trip to the postseason. They don't really have much to show for their kind of run the last half decade. They did get to the World Series during the COVID year. So, yes, they were able to do that. But they've kind of been perennial underachievers, you know, during during these last four seasons. So I kind of feel they're probably due. And I figure – why not this year? I mean, they're probably one of the most even teams, you know, in terms of their starting pitching and their hitting. They're an absolutely great team at home. So, yeah, I mean, why not? I, I, I see a path for them to the World Series. I think they could beat Baltimore. I think they could beat Houston. I wouldn't say they're favorites, but if they were to beat them, I don't think it should be that big of an upset. They're very talented. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rays, you know, at those odds, but – 
maybe there's better odds out there. You know, maybe someone online could, you know, chime in. I don't really know. I'm not a big gambler. Tass, what do you think? <laughs> um, hey, we're just looking at odds as a value bet. We don't got to mm. put money on it. The only thing we have to put money on is Braves or Astros. Who's going to make it further in the postseason? This is just a friendly, gentlemanly bet. Gentleman's bet? Who's going to go further? Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, well. I mean, Houston. I'm going to go Houston. Of course, of course, yeah. I'm going to live and die with them tasks. I was setting it up for forcing you to take uh, the Astros. So we have a gentleman's bet. What are we we betting on this? We'll talk offline. Okay. We'll talk offline. Um, The plus 1,000 is a good bet. I think the Rays are probably always the answer when it comes uh, to the postseason. This is their fifth straight postseason appearance. They clinched this past weekend along with the Orioles. They just get there, Joel, and they do have the best home record in the AL. So they do have that advantage. You mentioned that they could play the Orioles. They are on each other's side of the bracket there. The Orioles are a very young team. So that's a positive on the Rays' side, although the Orioles are absolutely fantastic. You know, the O's haven't been there since 2016, since they you know, they mm-hmm. went on their run and, and uh, their bullpen has performed well with Jose Batista out. It's uh, not Jose Batista, <laughs> Felix Batista out. They've been uh, performing right. extremely well. But yeah, you would think maybe if the Rays are on the road in Baltimore as it would line up now, they steal one in the division series on the road and, and come back to their home field advantage. But um, they have just been so phenomenal this year. We just mentioned the Astros losing a couple starters. The Rays how they bounce back after losing so many guys to yeah. elbow surgery because Glass now has been good. Eflin obviously has been good. They have Savali uh, pitching really well. So they have those three guys ready to go in the division series. But if they're part of the wild card, which they would be right now, that hurts them. That that always hurts the wild card team going into yeah. the division series. And them, you know, them winning the American League East isn't out of the realm of no, possibility. No, 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 They're no. not that far back behind Baltimore. I think Baltimore won the series this past weekend. But, you know, yeah, Tampa split. Could it was a split in a great series. Oh, it was a split. So, yeah. thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, th- like Tampa could still, you know, win the East and Baltimore drops to that two seed. But, you know, either way, I still like Tampa at those odds. They have to do it at some point. Like they like the talents there. I feel like they've been on the cusp for so long. I think just maybe this is this is their year. Chris Franklin chiming in here. The Bleacher Creatures on YouTube, plus 800 for the Orioles. Also good odds there uh, as the fourth best odds uh, among MLB teams. All right, next one here. Fair foul, 2023 was the best regular season in 10 years. What do you got? I'm going to say fair, uh, just because nothing really, no particular season really jumps to mind in terms of being superior to this one. And just a couple numbers tasks off the top here. Um, MLB has drawn almost 65 million fans. Uh, that's the most they've drawn since 2019. They've got a shot at 70 million, and that would be the first time MLB's drawn over 70 million fans since 2017. And attendance is up almost 9% from 2022. So, you know, just in terms of like attendance numbers and TV viewership numbers, obviously those are on the increase. People are responding to the great product and just everything looks better too. This is more anecdotal, but the, the TV production looks better. The social media looks better. Everything just looks like it's geared towards a much younger audience. And it's just 
so much more exciting and young and hip. I feel like an old man for saying young and hip, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> yeah. As an old man, you got to say the word hip sometimes. Um, yeah. But it has been a hip year, Joel. I, I will agree. I think it's been the best season. I got to talk to you every week. So that's why it's been the best season. But also, I find <laughs> I find it difficult to compare uh, to each season. I haven't been into the mm-hmm. MLB as much as I have been this year. You know, coming off last year, starting the show, and, the, and then into this year. But I, mean, I covered this season closer than I have anything I have for the last decade. So that's why I, I'm I'm more into it. But I think there's a reason for that, and in all those reasons you mentioned, the production has been better. Obviously, the rule changes have improved the game. I want to get to the ballpark, just like that additional 9% uh, that has increased from 2022 to 2023. I think I got back into the sport at the perfect time. I know know I I was on a a bit of a hiatus, but I am like that casual fan uh, that wants to get to the park. And like you said off the top, when you're in it, when you're in the season – uh, it's easy to say, well, this is the best season because it is difficult, I think, to remember regular seasons of the past. I think that's just the mm-hmm. way. I think that's just the way it goes covering the NBA for so long. It's difficult to right. say hmm, that happened in this uh, in this regular season. Although there's there's a few things that stand out, obviously. Even though you you don't want um, to acknowledge that the Braves are phenomenal, uh, I think people <laughs> will uh, remember Acuna. Uh, and his 60 steal year here with Olsen's 50 home runs, the first teammates to ever do that in MLB history. The, the Acuna, uh, the, the Braves part, maybe the Mets part is uh, if you want to revel in their downfall. But uh, it seems like 2023 has been the best season. And, and the rules obviously have been a home run, pun intended. All right, last one here. Fair or foul? MLB needs to adopt only one set of awards instead of having them in both leagues. What do you think? I'm going to say foul with the caveat that it should be fair within the next like four to five years. And I think it will now Tass, The reason I say it should be foul is baseball has underwent a lot of change in the past year or two, but specifically this year, you were talking about the rule changes earlier. So I kind of feel like if they were to implement just one set of awards, which logically makes sense with a balanced schedule and universal DH, why do you need separate awards for separate leagues when everyone's playing by the same rules? I get it. The reason I say foul to this is, like I said, I think it's just too much too soon. I still think there's a significant part of this fan base who are older fans, traditionalists. They might already be still griping about the universal DH and balanced schedule and interleague and they like how it used to be. So I think MLB is cognizant of that. And I think that they might want to put the brakes on one set of awards. They don't want to alienate that part of the fan base even more, but I think it's just inevitable. It's going to happen at some point because there's no logical reason to have separate awards at this point. We just got to wait for the old people to die off before we go to one set of awards. That's <laughs> going zero to a hundred there real quick. Well, uh, I find it who, who I would really like to talk to the person who says, I wish we didn't have interleague play anymore. I like it when we just played our own league. What is, what does that even mean? I mean, what, why? But there's a lot of those, but I mean, I like, I get it. 
but you, I think you'd be surprised. I think well, there's the DH still, thing, the DH I'd probably thing, still I guess. 25 to 30% of fans are like that, that don't like interleague. Don't, you know, they That's liked when the pitcher percentage. hit. Okay. When the, the, yeah. Those are two different scenarios. Yeah. If you, if you like when the pitcher hits, if you, you like an out every inning. Sure. Um, I guess that's that's your thing. That's that, sure. If that's the way baseball was supposed to be played, if that's the way you played mm-hmm. uh, when you were younger, the pitcher got to carry a bat. Um, fine. In the National League, in the National, yeah, League. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just mean growing up. If that's mm-hmm. that's something you had in Little League, uh, that you mm-hmm. didn't have a DH in Little League, uh, so, most likely. So yeah, maybe that's <laughs> some sort of nostalgic play. The interleague thing. That makes no sense to me. You want to play your division more. And actually, I, I'll, I'll even push back on the idea that it's a balanced schedule now. I know people say it's balanced, but that's not true. You play your own divisional opponents 13 times while you'll only play one series against most of the other teams in the other league. So 13 versus three games. That's not balanced. If I'm a 25, if I have 25% body fat, Joel, I drop it down to 23. I'm still overweight. I'm less overweight. You know, it's okay. it's less, but yeah, I got there. It's less balanced. I mean, it's more balanced. It's more balanced in this scenario. So it wasn't a perfect analogy at all, but uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's 13 games versus three. So it's not completely balanced. Um, but yeah, you're right in that people like the same stuff. And two sets of awards. People is, just don't like change. Yeah, two sets of awards is better than one. But the MLB has done a lot. Obviously, it's not just, um, it's not just a pitch clock that's changed this year. There has been a, several changes, you know, with with pitchers and the and the uh, the amount of disengagements and the amount of throwovers and and the stealing of the bases and yeah, the increased bases. So I understand. And two sets is. Great. I, 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 I'm of the belief, <clears throat> excuse me, I brought this up last year on uh, a show because I come from the basketball background for a long time. They anoint one MVP in the league, just one. So you know who the, you know, air quotes, best player was that year. Right. Well, MLB obviously has always had two and it's, it's, yeah, there, there isn't really a reason for it now. I think it would be a bit more prestigious, but at the same time, Two sets is better than one in a way, and so I don't even know. I'm not. I, I don't feel extremely strongly about this. It would really change the history books in terms of how many awards are handed out. I to- Tess, I totally agree with you. You just kind of gloss over it quickly, but imagine how much more prestigious it makes those awards instead of having to be the best pitcher uh, uh, between 15 teams. Now you got to be the best pitcher like in the entire league. So. Overnight, if you're d- just utilizing one set of awards, the prestige of all those awards, you know, goes up automatically. That would be kind of my case to someone who likes, you know, oh, we should do one for NL and AL. No, this makes them even more prestigious, more hallowed, more sought after. Yeah, that's true. And uh, maybe more of a ceremony for handing them out. Just throwing it out there. We're just workshopping here. Anyways, um, oh, yeah. b- before we move on to the best things that happened in the past week, we got some clarity on the Shohei Otani situation. He finally underwent elbow surgery. And he won't be pitching next year. But the surgery and the procedure uh, was all geared toward him in the long term being back on the mound. He believes he'll be back on the mound for 2025. 
he'll only take a year off from pitching, and he'll be able to hit opening day 2024. So sounds pretty good for prospective teams looking at him next season. Joel, after hearing this news, how much do you think he gets this offseason? I'm sticking with five. I'm going to go between 525 and 550 million. So I'm going to give myself a bit of a range. I still think he breaks half a billion, even with this injury setback. He's he's that valuable. If you got four to five more years or even like 80% of this out of Otani over the next, you know, like I said, five to six seasons, that's so much value you're getting out of them. So I'm going to say between 525, 550 in terms of years, somewhere between eight and 10. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, I also appreciate Otani's way of going about this. He's so quiet. He, he barely, you know, talks to the media. He does it on Daisy's pitch. So he hasn't talked in a long time. Uh, the reports were, oh, the duffel bag is in front of the locker. His locker's cleared out. What's going on? Don't hear about anything. I'd rather have my athletes vocal, and I'm sure most sports fans in general would like to hear from the athletes. Otani doesn't do that. He does it his way, and I kind of appreciate it. And that's actually the biggest reason why he would go back to the Angels if you want to be in that camp, that he really conducts how he goes about his business in terms of talking to the media and all that. So that's something that he would have to work out with a new team and just to ensure that he does things his way, essentially. Uh, so that's that's the biggest thing, because with the Angels, you do what you want. Anthony Rendon just talked. He barely talks. Um, nobody talks. So that's that's the biggest thing they have going for them. But he expects to be back. Yeah, it's, it's mere months away. Uh, six, six months, he should be able to be hitting in 2024, but taking gear off pitching. And if there's a guy who can do it, who can be focused, laser focused on getting back on the hill. It's that dude. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for the five best things from the past week.
Okay, the best in the AL. Buried them for long enough. They keep getting buried. Nobody talks about the Baltimore Orioles. They clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2016, and they are the winner of the fabricated 2023 feel-good story of the year. In 2021, they won 52 games, Joel. A mere two years ago, they should win 100 this year. I know you're proud of your kids. Please tell me about them. Yeah, I mean, it. they're just so infectious to watch. I love the the birdbath celebration. There's more fans out. They're just such an exciting team to watch. Like, the games, like, task game of the year candidate, you know, at least top three, uh, that big comeback in game one against Houston. They just looked apart. It's time to give Baltimore their flowers. Uh, it, it, they're going to, you know, like, they're probably going to win the AL East. But – regardless of what they do and i and i want to say this now because you know there's been a lot of teams that were the number one seed or they looked great going into the playoffs and they just you know they didn't make it out of the first round regardless of what baltimore does in the playoffs this year it does not diminish their success at all it will be disappointing and heartbreaking i'm sure for orioles fans but no one expected baltimore at all to have this season that they did they're going to have rookie of the year They've got one of the best farm systems. You know, they're just graduating so much young talent now, and they've got the pipeline full. So, yeah, like this has been a great year for Baltimore. It's been a great year for baseball, and they deserve it. I mean, they took their lumps. I mean, they've been a really, really bad team since they made that wild card game in 2016. So it's great to see this turnaround. It's great for baseball. I love watching them play, except when they're playing the Blue Jays because they absolutely have owned us this year. But it's hard to not say they're the feel-good story. I will give honorable mention to the Cincinnati Reds. They've been pretty fun to watch, too. But, yeah, Baltimore just looks the part. And I want to see what they do in October. Like, I want to see if they're for real. Uh, they did it the right way, Joel, as people want to say. They didn't buy a team. They just did it through the farm system, as you mentioned there. They are infectious to watch. Uh, I want to get a quick feedback from you as they clinched a playoff spot and not a, a division win, not a division title. They celebrated like it was a division title last year or last week. We clinked our glasses to the Atlanta Braves and to us as we, uh, as they got a postseason berth. They didn't, they, they didn't go over the top. Like the Orioles with a huge celebration when they just made it into the playoffs. Then they had a huge party when they won their division as you're supposed to do. The Orioles didn't act like they've been there before, and I guess they haven't. Um, so how do you feel about the, the Homer hose coming out, uh, the the bong dong coming out in the in the clubhouse when they just clinched a postseason berth? Bring it on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> act like they haven't been there. These are all young guys. They're enjoying it. Even uh, the GM, I saw him do, uh, do a couple rips there on the dong bong, which was awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, they've been there before. Maybe they wanted something more subdued. I get it. They're a more veteran team. But, yeah, let the Orioles have fun, man. Let them let them celebrate. I, I love it. And, uh, yeah, let's see what they can do in October. Like, are they the real deal or are they just uh, pretenders? I, I don't know. But I think that they looked apart. Like, the talent is absolutely there. And these two games in Houston shows that, you know, they're the team to beat right now in the American League. It's weird to say. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on Baltimore. It hasn't happened. They're the best team in the American League, full stop. 
We'll see what they do in the postseason, but I got to admit, as a casual fan, I have overlooked the Orioles at times, and these past two series against the other best two teams in the AL, in the Tampa Bay Rays uh, and the Houston Astros, prove that they're ready. Uh, yeah, they split with the, mm-hmm. the Rays. Uh, great start by rookie Grayson Rodriguez, looking like an ace, going eight innings against uh, the Rays on, on Saturday night. So that's a great sign going into the playoffs with him and Bradish leading that pitching staff and then Houston Whew. Uh, two games so far played in this series that wild comeback you mentioned Cedric Mullins three-run bomb in the ninth uh, to give them the win and then yesterday O'Hearn Hayes keep hitting bomb after bomb after bomb McCann took one right in the McCann's and he got up uh, he was he was fun uh, you know smiling after he got a foul tip um, where the sun don't shine it's a fun lineup so I can't wait. Is the bullpen a bit of a worry? I'm not sure because they have bounced back, no problem. They're literally they literally have been really really good with Felix Batista out. Although he's trying to rehab and get that UCL back into shape, Fujinama has not been the guy to replace him. They just have done it by committee. They've been so good. Uh, so they are the best team. Full stop. I like it. All right. <laughs> Second best team thing I should say in baseball this past week. Just a little bit more of the dominance that's happening with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Or let's go to the NL for a quick sec. They won the NL West. Now 10 of 11 years they have won the NL West. What a year. They've lost so many players, Joel, and they're still doing it. Yeah, going into this season, yeah, Gavin Lux, Walker Bueller, uh, Tony Gonsal, Tony Gossel, and I'm going to butcher his name again. You know, just a couple of those regular guys they've been out. And Tass, it's just next man up, kind of like similar to the Astros we were talking about earlier. It just seems like they always have a guy waiting in the wings. They draft and develop so well. But another thing, Tass, that the Dodgers do that kind of, I feel, doesn't get talked about is they're able to get excellent value out of veterans who kind of look past their prime or look like their best years are behind them. And I feel they know how to extract the most value or talent out of those. And this year's an excellent example of that. They went out and they signed JD Martinez for 10 million, which I know 10 million is a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things in baseball, it's not quite that much. And they signed Jason Hayward to 700, a uh, 725,000, dollar contract and task just between those two players who are making under just under 11 million collectively they're worth four just over four wins so they're able to sign these veteran players on one-year deals they stick them into the lineup even colton wong very small sample size he's raking right now they signed him to a minor league deal just a couple weeks ago after being released by the mariners so they just know how to pick guys up they know how to get the most out of them to kind of supplement you know, the great players that they already have and Kershaw and Betts and Freeman and Will Smith and things like that. So, yeah, the Dodgers look good. I didn't expect them to win the National League West. I thought they'd be competitive this year, but I, like most, picked the Padres. Obviously, that didn't happen. But, yeah, the Dodgers look like another tough team to beat. They just went in to Seattle this past weekend and swept a very hungry Seattle team who's in the thick of their own playoff race. So, they look the part right now, and yeah, 10 titles in 11 years. I mean, what can you say? Not much. Even you, a Dodger hater, noted Dodger hater, you sat here at this desk in Atlanta when you were back in 
uh, in Atlanta last year, hating on the Dodgers. Now that's just me uh, forcing you to, to take on the villain role. I do but win a World Series. You got to win a World. I mean, ten to has ten titles in eleven years, and that's great. But one World Series during COVID, I mean, it takes the shine off a lot of those divisional titles. I hear you. Um, and this run to the postseason, to the title this year, is going to be tough with their pitching staff because you mentioned mm-hmm. some of the guys that are out. They're basically going to go into the postseason with Clayton Kershaw as their number one, uh, Bobby Miller, and Lance Lynn, I assume, uh, is going to be their, their other guy who is – dropped off after being pretty great um, since uh, being acquired by the Dodgers. But I, I don't know if they have uh, enough pitching. And a uh, good article on The Athletic. I mentioned The Athletic a lot. Uh, Clayton Kershaw talking about the postseason. He's, he said, basically, Bobby Miller gets a pass to be a starter, but the rest of us were kind of we're, – we're trying out uh, for the rotation because – None of us have been great. Obviously, he's going to pitch. It's Clayton Kershaw. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they thought they had enough pitching coming into the season, but allowing Andrew Heaney to go and Tyler Anderson to go hurts now. But at the same time, if they had Dustin May, who's done, Walker Bueller, who didn't pitch, the Julio Arias unfortunate situation there, I mean, that's that's a ton of pitching. And Tony Gonsolin, yeah. who you wanted to say Tony Gosselin, do you want to say Gosselin because I think one of your idols is Mark Paul Gosseler? Tass, you read my mind. That's what it was. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah, the old slip of the tongue. I had Zach Morris on my mind. <laughs> he's, uh, he's an idol to us all, Joel. All right, um, moving on. Another great thing going on in baseball, the wild wild card race. This is why they've got the wild card in baseball. This is what it's all about. Incredible races going on in both leagues. I'll try and summarize them as quick as I can. In the NL, five-team race for the final two spots. The Phillies have the first wild card. They're good. Final two spots are between the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, Marlins, and Giants. We thought the Cubs had secured one of those last two spots, but now they lost five in a row, losing two to Colorado and getting swept by Arizona. Diamondbacks are in that thing. Uh, And they're pulling away a little bit because uh, they're in a series with the Giants, who are also part of this race, uh, and won the first couple games of that series. The Marlins look like they were out of it, but they've had a 12-6 and month. Perez, Luzardo, Garrett holding it down without Sandy Alcantara, although he's had a couple bullpen sessions, and he thinks he could be back this season. Luis Arise is hitting home runs for them now. It's crazy. The Reds hanging in there as well. Five-team race, two spots. Excuse me. AL. The Rays hold a wild card spot. They're good. And there's three teams for the last two wild card spots. It's all about how the ALS shakes out, as we talked about with the Astros, because they're in a battle with the Rangers and the Mariners for the division. Whoever doesn't win that division will be battling the Blue Jays for the other two wild card spots. And the Jays got swept by the Rangers. <laughs> Looked all right. Looked like the Rangers are taken. Could be the division, could be a wild card spot. Looked like the Jays were done. And then they win four straight by sweeping the Sox. And the Yankees, despite uh, or, or winning a game against the Yankees, despite Yusei Kikuchi's cramps. Uh, and then Texas got swept by the Guardians after sweeping the Jays. So they look like they were in it, but then they got swept. So Dodgers, Braves, Orioles, Rays, they're in. Clenched. Book it. It looks like the Twins, Brewers, the Central Division winners, and the Phillies um, are, are there. They're not locked in 
quite yet, uh, but all three seem likely to make it. So, Joel, probably uh, that's enough updating. Uh, there's uh, 12 days left in the regular season. Last week you thought the Jays were done. I don't know if we should make any more predictions here on No Bunts. <laughs> no. No. I I can't. Yeah. <laughs> we're – well, I don't want to say we, but, like, I'm horrible at making predictions. This is no secret. Yeah. Um, not not horrible, but but as far as these wild card teams, I mean, there's a reason I guess that they're, you know, eighty eighty five win teams in general uh, at this mm-hmm. point. So it's yeah, it's it's just a just a hard hard thing to predict, my man. Well, yeah, I mean, after like those first that that sweep after Texas test, we were pretty devastated, and I was like, oh man, like that's it, you know, season's done. And then by the end of the week. Toronto's where they started at the beginning of the week. Second, they have the second wild card spot. So I reckon, you know, all three of those teams, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Jays, they all have 11 games left. And Toronto has a one game lead, I believe, on both teams. I think if Toronto can go six and five over the rest of the season, that should get them in. Um, Texas and Seattle still have to play each other. So there's going to be some cannibalization there with some wins and losses. So the Jays can't really do too bad uh, when those two teams play each other. So I think six and five gets Toronto one of the other spots. And that would mean that Baltimore, or sorry, um, Seattle or Texas would need to go seven and four. And I don't think both of those teams can do that. I think only one of them can. So I like Toronto's chances at, as bleak as it looked. And then also too, it kind of might work out to Toronto's advantage because I still think the sixth seed is more attractive. We mm. talked about this oh, earlier. Yes. I don't want to avoid, I want to avoid the Rays if possible. So even if they end up tied with Texas or Seattle uh, in terms of records, they don't have the tiebreaker in any of those, so automatically they would be the sixth seed and the Jays would get Minnesota instead. Oh. So I think that's a more uh, exciting matchup as a Jays fan. And then in the National League, man, it's just musical chairs. The Diamondbacks swept the Cubs. The Marlins swept the Braves. They look, you know, for dead too. So hangover. it's yeah. exciting. Championship hangover there. Division win hangover. Champ- yeah, championship hangover, right. Tass with all the excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's exciting. And, you know, going back to the question we talked about earlier about the popularity, this is great. You've got more teams in the playoff race, but specifically some small market teams, which you haven't really seen in years past. It's been more of the bigger market teams. But I mean, this playoff race, like every day is different. And watching the standings is certainly fun this time of year. Absolutely. Got a Reds fan here uh, amongst the bleacher creatures who's uh, pumped just to have the Reds in the race after uh, losing a hundred games, uh, last season and, uh, being a tough one. Shout out to Dysolus. You're, uh, you're enjoying the run. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's been, uh, it's been a great season. The Reds hanging in, but that's a, that's a tough slog. And in the AL, if the chase can, you lose a tie break and get into that six seed to go into Minnesota rather than to go into Tampa Bay. My goodness. What, uh, what a boon that would be. Um, all right. That's what, that's what I want. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job 
job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, last couple things here in the five best things in baseball this past week. Adam Wainwright, the St. Louis Cardinals, finally got his 200th win. It was a roller coaster for this man. I uh, came into the season needing just five wins to get to 200. But he got stuck at 198. It happened on June 17th. And to get to 199, it took him 12 tries and nearly three months. So it didn't seem like he was going to get to 199. But then he got to 200, just like that, in style. His best start of the season. A tight 1-0 game over the Brewers. Pitched seven shutout innings just before he retires. Pretty great stuff, Joel. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great pitcher. He's been kind of Mr. Consistency for the Cardinals for a long time. Unfortunately, he had Tommy John surgery the year they won the World Series in 2011, but he can like claim to being a World Series champion. He played on the 2006 team, although I think he was a rookie on that team. But yeah, he's just been a really, really great pitcher. He's going to go down as one of the best pitchers in Cardinals history. He doesn't really have a lot of personal accolades which kind of goes to show you the importance or lack there I don't want to say lack thereof but how wins aren't as valued as they used to be because when you compare Wainwright's stats to some of his peers he's clearly kind of a a tear down now that being said I'm happy he got it he deserves it Um, he's one of the old dudes in the game Taz so I gotta I gotta root for him and Taz I don't know if you knew this 42 just like a couple of us here on this podcast Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just joined the club. I just joined the club recently. Welcome. Um, And Taz, I don't know if you knew this, but he's going to debut uh, three original songs as part of a fair, as part of a farewell concert at Bush stadium coming up. Three of his songs. Yeah. He's a singer. (laughs) I didn't know that. He sang the national anthem this year. Oh, maybe I'd forgotten that. 
So he's uh, does he play an instrument or just just the vocals? I believe I believe he plays guitar. I'm not sure, but yeah, he's going to be performing a couple songs. So we'll have to keep an eye on him. Sorry, where is he performing them? At a game. He's going to perform them. It says I saw this online as part of a farewell weekend concert at Bush Stadium. Mm. Cool. Good for him. Branch out. Yeah. Uh yeah, I um I I don't remember him singing. Do you remember him singing the anthem? He I think he sang it opening weekend during the Jays. Like they were doing the the lineups and then He's, I don't know if it was all set up, but it was a, I don't know if it was a mystery or some surprise, but yeah, he came off the line and he did the national anthem. And I believe it was against the Blue Jays in the opening season this year. Mm. Fairly certain. Opening series. Wow. Cool. Uh, that's, it's a big accomplishment for him. As you said, mm-hmm. nowadays wins don't mean as much, but to him uh, and uh, more of, more of his era, his generation when he came in. They mean a lot. So uh, that was uh, actually watching the 199th win and the highlights of that one. That was a tough Orioles lineup that he got through. Um, He got a Mm -hmm. huge double play ball where he was so pumped. Uh, He only pitched five innings but was able to to get 199. Again, it took him like 100 days to get uh, 199. And the Cardinals ended up playing for something here uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, and then he shut down the Brewers uh, in in a his best start of the season. So, what a year for him! And he gets to play three of his songs. That's a pretty good yeah. year. Like you said, it's good to Tass. It's just good to see him get it because he's had a rough, rough year. It's kind of it's tough to see him kind of go out the way he has, especially last year with uh, Molina and Pujols retiring. A lot of people thought. He was they were gonna kind of go out as a trio together, but he stuck around this year. And I feel like he's been pulled early in a lot of games. So for him to finally get to 200, yeah, like it's great to see he can put that feather in his cap and he can call himself a 200 game winner. But yeah, he uh, went through it this season to get it. That's for sure. Well, our man Hootski uh, in the Bleacher Creatures, who's a uh, a Cardinals fan, he's given us the down low. The retirement weekend they're doing the last weekend of the year for Wainwright is wild, Hootski says. He's performing a concert after one game. They're giving away a Wayno guitar the last game. And uh, he's putting out a 15-track album next year. Oh, there you go. Okay. You going to be playing that, or are we going to review it? What should we do with the... I'll, uh, I'm, a, I'm a YouTube music subscriber, Tess, so I'll have to keep my eyes peeled for it. I'm not a Spotify guy. <laughs> what what do you mean uh, you'll probably it'll probably be on youtube yeah maybe you never know yeah i yeah i, I think so i mean i he's old i don't, I don't listen to a lot school. of new music he is old school yeah yeah fair enough he's gonna release it on cassette <laughs> yeah i mean yeah we should definitely review it okay that's that's gonna be your expertise i i feel like jd well you don't like music I do like music. Well, then you're qualified. <laughs> this whole I'm not qualified to review music is like you either like it or you don't. It's enough. Well, it's going to be you, a short show. I like there's it. There's 15 tracks. I don't know about that. Oh, well, okay. We're going through every one. We're deep diving. Track one. I like it. By the way. Track is two. It, <laughs> don't like it. Is it a treat to have a, you know, a, a baseball superstar? Yes. But getting up and doing three original songs? Like, 
I don't even want to hear original songs from bands that I like, you know, like new ones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hi, we're Duran Duran, and here's our new track. It's, it's yeah, no, no thank you. Play Rio, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Play the hits. That's right. These oh. aren't hits yet. I was at... Uh, it's got to make them hits. <laughs> uh, earlier this summer, I uh, was at a DMB concert, Dave Matthews Band, and we ended up leaving. Just all new stuff. <laughs> you didn't stay? Didn't stay. Well, we let we stayed for, you know, you know DMBs. They're going to they're yeah. have a long show. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we stayed for close to two hours, probably. But, you know, we missed the last half hour. That's when all the hits came out. Just one. We, we checked the set list. We only missed one. Good move, then. I think so. I mean, Kids with you? No. Wow. Just us in the grass. Also, fight, <laughs> fighting Sorry, what, for... What, what, what kind of grass are we talking? <laughs> Real grass. I was on the lawn. Fighting fighting for oh, the lawn not was the also... Not the kind of smoke. No, no. That was around, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're fighting for space on the lawn. Oh, that I That sticks I out see. in my mind because uh, Danielle is fighting for every blade out there anyway (laughs) all right okay last one here five best things in baseball from this past week the tampa bay rays appear to be getting a new stadium so looks like it's happening they're getting a stadium in st petersburg it's not finalized yet but it would open in 2028 i'm gonna miss tropicana i still have a few years to get down there and go see that thing in person i do want to pet a stingray um uh, and and this brings up um, something interesting that Commissioner Rob Manfred has hinted at, because he said that the league wouldn't expand to 32 teams until the Rays and A's settled their stadium issues. A's look like they're moving to Vegas, and the Rays look like they're getting a stadium. So there you go, Joel. What are your uh, what are your feelings on this? Some mixed emotions. What do you think? No, I I think it's good, and I think it's really good for baseball for for what you just said. I mean, the A's leaving Oakland really left a, a, a bad taste, not only in A's fans' mouths, obviously, but I feel just in all of baseball, it was a bad move. Uh, the optics were terrible. Manfred looked awful. So, And the Rays have always, I feel, been mentioned, or they're always in that category of teams to be ro- relocated. There was talk about them splitting half their home games with Montreal, so this obviously this move provides stability, long-term stability for the franchise. I think that looks good. Uh, I think the Rays need that. They've got a competitive team. And Tess, from what I understand, one of the big reasons is the the trop is super inconvenient to get to where it's located, and there's always a lot of traffic going out there. So that's a big reason why their attendance is so low because they have really really good TV ratings, local TV ratings. It's just yeah, the stadium is not an easy place to get to. So with a more centrally located stadium, I saw some artist renderings. Looks pretty cool. But yeah, this is good for baseball and it's good for Rays. It'll be interesting and weird to see a, a, a hopefully a sold-out stadium in a couple of years. But, you know, they deserve it. Those fans, you know, have been Rays fans for a long time. They deserve better. And, you know, looks like they're going to get it here. They will not be playing in Montreal, thankfully. Uh, yeah. the, the crazy plan, which was just at the beginning of last year, <clears throat> was shot down. Feels like a long time ago. Tampa Bay Rays moving it to St. Petersburg is interesting because I don't know if you can believe everything 
that commenters say, but I was reading that it is a little bit distant from the population base. And so you're right about the location here and the bridge always being a problem getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wonder, I wonder if there'll be fans in St. Petersburg. It definitely seems more of a a more touristy uh, type event for people to go to uh, because uh, people are in St. Petersburg hanging out. Um, But we'll see. Um, So, so there we have it. Tampa Bay Rays. Making a stadium happen. Finally, it seems like, seems like it's been you know in talks forever because it has been. Anyways, it's not finalized, but it would open in 2028. Final fact about Adam Wainwright weekend, because I know <laughs> you've been asking for it. Uh, our man Hootski just keeps bringing the hits like he's Adam Wainwright with a guitar. Hootski says one of the giveaways that weekend is a quote forever in my Wayno era shirt. A la Taylor Swift. They're going all in. Forever in wow. my Wayno era. It's it's funny. It sounds funny. He'll be uh I don't know what that means. I'm gonna be honest. I don't understand that reference. Well, I guess so obviously Wainwright, his nickname, Wayno, is uh Wayno, yeah. I don't know, is is there what's the Taylor Swift reference there? It sounds like the the Taylor Swift reference. Well, it I mean her tour is eras. And yeah. there's a lot of T-shirts out there, or mm-hmm. or Instagram captions like "I'm in my fitness influencer era." There you we know? go. So there you go. There you go. I mean, so it, it kind of doesn't make sense because it uh, it would be like me saying "I'm in my JD era," which is my name, right? <laughs> um, but if I'm buy if I'm buying a shirt and I'm a fan of yours, you're not wearing it. Like I'm buying your right. shirt. No, yeah, yeah. I'll always. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'll always be a Wayno. I'll always be a JD at heart. Right, right. Um, <laughs> okay, whatever. I mean, go for I th- it. it's the Cardinals. I, I've got no problem with teams when they got nothing to play for. Just having celebrating fun. the past, celebrating, celebrating your guys. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 All right. A fun fact about Taylor Swift. I just saw this in the news the other day. The USA Today has a dedicated Taylor Swift correspondent now. Yeah, I saw that too. What a job. Yeah. Positive or negative? If you're a Taylor Swift fan, I mean, that's got to be the best job you could possibly have. All you do is travel around following around Taylor Swift and writing about her. That's it. It's like yeah. this job. If you're into baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what a job. True. Joel, what era are you in right now? Because I'm, I'm in my pickleball era. You sure are. Big time. You sure are. I oh, said I said I got a ticket. I, I got a ticket for a comedy show this uh this Friday. I never go to comedy shows. I said, JD, it's not at a <laughs> not at an ideal time because I was dumb and I clicked online. It starts at ten. Yeah. I mean I barely want to go to. Uh but uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I said, JD, I got an extra ticket. You like you love comedy. I love comedy. I love Ron Wood. Um, but I'm playing pickleball till like nine thirty that night. Yeah. And- I, I mean, sorry, I, I can't. I'm playing pickleball from 7:30 to, to 9:30. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Joel, what era are you in? That's a great question. Oh man, I, oh man, I don't know. That's TBD. What era am you're, I in? You're in your sleep um, era, I think. You're entering your sleep. Yeah, era. I. Oh, I. Yeah, I'm in my. I need a pillbox. Um, <laughs> I need a pillbox era in my life. Yeah. 
hey, <laughs> it's not easy making a 12-hour time difference work, but we are. You're right. You're right. We are. Tass, you got an era you're in? Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry to put everybody on the spot. That's okay. I'm in my uh, daytime baseball era. That sucks. <laughs> I'm going to see a baseball game <laughs> real soon. Um, I am in my my standing era. Mm. Uh, also not great, but I like to go to shows, baseball games. Yep. Stand. Same. Not sitting. SRO guy. SRO for life. <laughs> standing room only, Joel. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to sit. Makes makes me feel alive. You're in uh Ziggy says amongst the bleacher creatures, Joel, you're in your YouTube music era. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. You want, I want to talk offline about YouTube music and how you're enjoying it. Yeah, I'd like to know too. Okay. We can have that conversation in a couple minutes. <laughs> we can. Uh, well, let's wrap this baby up. You can get the best sports writing for only a dollar a month for the next year. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. Theathletic.com slash baseball show for a great deal. You can sign up for the free wind up newsletter. That's free at The Athletic. Read everything uh, you want to know about baseball Monday through Friday. We'll be next Wednesday streaming live on The Athletic Baseball Show YouTube channel about 8.15 a.m. Eastern, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Not P- Eastern. <laughs> 8.15 p.m. for Joel. What's your stand? What's I, I forget. What's your what's your code? GMT plus eight. No, <laughs> no fun name. Just GMT plus eight. <laughs> Joel time. Joel time. Taiwan time. Check out the Athletic Baseball Show feed for the rest of uh, the weekday podcast. Our social media page on Instagram, no underscore bunts. For JD, for Joel, I'm Tass. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs>